0: The following content is provided under a Creative Commons license. Your support will help MIT OpenCourseWare continue to offer high quality educational resources for free. To make a donation or view additional materials from hundreds of MIT courses, visit MIT OpenCourseWare at ocw.mit.edu.
1: So schedule for today, um, it's again another one of those one hour lecture, two hour group work days. Um, we've got a guest lecture today. We've got Luigi here to talk to us about um, art um, and artists uh, <laughs> especially when it comes to the game, particularly visual artists, yeah. yes, yeah, so visual artists when it comes to uh, game development. Uh, after his lecture um, and after Q and a, um, we don't have a scheduled play test today, but we do have a couple of guests here who have some really good experience uh, making games. So if you'd like to, to set aside 10 to fifteen minutes per team to kind of have have a person, uh, come play your game. Um, I highly recommend taking advantage of it. Um, it all depends, I, guess, I think, on at what state your games are in. Um, so actually, I do want to know that. How many teams are now working in what they what is going to be their final development environment? So if you're working in Phaser, you're building in Phaser now. If you're working in Unity, you're working in Unity now. It's like one team, two team, three team. Is that two different teams over there? No, Here? OK. OK, great. So everybody's pretty much working in their development environment. Great. Cool. Um, so um, like I said, on, and, and as it's, it says on Stellar, um, Wednesday, we're going to have a playtest at 3 o'clock. Um, so at 3 o'clock, we're going to have a guest class come in uh, to play your games. We'll do a playtest, just like we are. we've always been doing playtests. Um, and then before that, uh, I'm going to be giving a, a talk on fiction and story uh, for your games. Um, and in between, there'll be time for you to, to meet in teams and, and set up for your playtest.
0: Cool. Artists in games. Um, so this talk's sort of going to be about uh, what artists do in games, how to find artists, how to work with artists, um, how artists you know, are involved in game development, uh, the different roles that are assigned to them. Uh, I'm sort of going to be talking from the independent games perspective, so smaller teams, because that's sort of my background and my experience with games. So, but I will, I will talk a little bit about the, the uh, diversification of artist roles in bigger studios. First, uh, who am I? Uh, I'm me. I'm this dude in the corner. Uh, My name is Luigi Guattieri. I'm a local Boston uh, indie artist, when it it comes to games at least. Uh, Not so much comics anymore. But yeah, so I, I work with a lot of teams in Boston. Uh, developing games, uh, since so, so few of these developers know a lot of artists, I get to work on a lot of different projects because they don't have a lot of people to turn to. Um, and I'll go into that in a little bit. Uh, sort of games I've developed in the past, I worked on Girls Like Robots with uh, Zyba Scott up there, uh, which was uh, published by Adult Swim iOS, and he likes to tout it as the 13th best rated iOS game of 2012. I don't really care about that statistic, but I'll mention it anyways. Um, I worked on *The Counting Kingdom* with Jenna Hofstein, which uh, is actually coming out this week on iOS. So, uh, if you have kids, please buy it. If you're not a kid, buy it anyways. Um, uh, I've, I've been working on *Elegy for a Dead World* also with Zyba and uh, as a partnership with uh, Deja Studios, which had a successful Kickstarter. So, if anybody backed it in here, that would great. If none of you did, then you know, sucks for you. Um, all right, that's sort of my summary. I'm not going to show my portfolio or anything, uh, but let's get into it. So you need an artist. You're a programmer or a designer or a sound guy, and you can't draw for crap. Uh, you think you can be like, oh, no, I'll just, I'll just wing the art. It'll be fine. I'll release my game. Uh, no, don't do that. Uh, get an artist. Uh, ga- artists make games look pretty. Artists make games more immersive. Artists take a player who you know, maybe you have the most amazing game mechanics in the game, Um, Sort of like a dwarf fortress or something, uh, which turns away so many people because of how ugly it is. No, you need artists. Artists make your game better, more interesting, um, even objectively better in a lot of ways. If you get the right artists, of course. But I mean, it also makes something you're proud of looking at and proud of showing off at shows. When you have your booth at PAX and you've got, you know, all the AAA studios around, all the high-end indies, and then there's you with blocks that hit each other, um, you know, you're going to be kind of disappointed in yourself. But cool, what kind of artists do you need? But of course it depends on what kind of game you're making. Uh, obviously here I have sort of just doodled out a few different styles. Style's a big part of art for games. Um, but of course uh, there's different roles and different kinds of artists in the world. I'm sure a lot of this will be redundant uh, to the, any of those who really like games, but I'm sort of going to go over it anyways. Uh, you know, obviously in big studios you have a lot of you know, very specific roles for artists. This is the character artist, the environment artist, the texture artist. This is the animator. Uh, but when it comes to indie studios, I'm the guy who does everything. I do the concept art, the 2D assets. Um, I do the promotional material. I do the graphic design. I do the logo design. I make trailers uh, because usually indie studios don't have the funds. Uh, they don't have the ability or the time and or the resources to get more than one artist. So it sort of comes down to the one guy. But sort of going to go through. Uh, The different kinds of art that are typically done in games. Um, I'm going to sort of break it down to their specific roles, and I'll talk about sort of. uh, I'll probably be I'll be showing mostly my work here. Um, I'll sort of break it down to the different kinds of art and the different kinds of artists that work on these. So uh, first is you know swath of indie games are 2D now. Uh, Used to be that retro games were 2D, Uh, and then you know older older games before polygons and all sorts of things were all two dimensionals. Uh, two dimensions. So 2D makes up sort of like illustrators, graphic designers, concept artists, sprite artists, texture artists, 2D animators, UI designers. Um, It it, it is a large field. Again, with indie developers, it's easy to go 2D because you don't have to worry about 3D, which takes a lot more time. So this is sort of some uh, 2D assets from a prototype that I worked on uh, a while back. But um, this is sort of like all in-game stuff. But of course, the first part of 2D art, uh, which also pertains to 3D art, and um, at bigger studios, they have specific roles for this. This is concept art. Concept art is probably my favorite part of uh, pre-production, at least, in terms of you get to take what the programmer wants and actually make it look like what they think in their head it's supposed to look like. They'll come to you with a crappy pencil sketch, On some paper and be like, here I've got like a knight and he's on a mountain and he's fighting a dragon. And I'll be like, I don't, this doesn't look anything like that. But I know exactly what you're talking about. And he's like, and I'm feeling red. I want red. And then he just took like a sharpie or something and just scribbled all over the piece of paper. So I'm like, all right, I got that. Give me like a day and I'll come back. And then you have this painting of a knight, you know, fighting a dragon. And the programmer's like, yes, that's exactly what I drew on my piece of paper. It isn't, but you let them have that. And it makes them feel better. Um, so you know, concept art is definitely for both 2D and 3D. You need to know what your game is going to look like before you dive straight into it, into the visuals, and even some of the design, uh, before you have a clear idea of what the game is going to look like. If you have no idea what the game is going to look like, and you, ha- you already have an artist, and th- you've you know, made this amazing prototype, and you're like, look, just, just swap out my art and put it yours in. Uh, that's not always going to work. Uh, you, you, there's a lot of design decisions you have to make around the art. Uh, you know, what, how the characters contrast from the environment, how the, uh, the environments will animate, how, the, character, you know, how the, the environments will disappear into the mist, or you know, how this sort of UI will work. These are all things that um, it's really good to have an artist's eye on ver- as early as possible. It also gives a sort of visual bible for the game. Uh, concept art helps you know, you, you know the artist draws it and then hands it out to the rest of the team and sort of like, this is what we're aiming for. Uh, you know, in a big studio, you'd have the concept artist would hand that off to the 3D artists or the, two, the other 2D artists, the animator, the modelers, texture artists, and say, like, this is what we're aiming for. This is what I want the final product to look as close as possible to. Um, but of course, if you're making 2D games, you go into 2D assets as a screenshot, well, an early screenshot from Elegy uh, for a Dead World. Uh, so with this, I sort of... Made the concept art, cut it up, and stuck it in the game. Uh, This is that's a really basic way of making 2D art. Uh, I sort of went with this sort of painterly style that I I decided to go with. with Concept art. I sort of made a painting. I I said this is the style that we're aiming for. Uh, So I cut it up and put it in game. And now you can move around and things happen, and you can explore this piece of art. And you know, 2D assets are you know part of. Illustration! Um, it's more of an old-school term, uh, especially when it comes to games now. People don't uh, think of it as illustration so much, but illustration is used for promotional art, for advertising a game, for inspiring your team, for websites, for trying to solidify your game into like a poster, an image, or a banner. So many games are sold on Steam now with just a tiny little little banner um, that you click on, then you get a little slightly bigger banner, and then maybe a gameplay video. Uh, so much of that first click, like ha- making that person go, oh, that tiny little banner looks kind of interesting, let me click on it," um, is such a crucial point, uh, especially if you haven't done your job marketing, that you need to have illustrations and promotional art and posters and sort of graphic design, and that sort of goes under the illustrator uh, sort of dome. In a big studio, they usually have the concept art also be the illustrations a lot of the time. But um, usually, the concept artists are very proficient because they have to be fast, and they also make the illustrations for a game. Obviously, as an indie, you're making the illustrations too. Uh, UI design. Uh, This is a this is sort of in between. You know, this is like in between three different facets. You got design, illustration, and graphic design. Graphic design. I mean by like sort of logos and making things more readable to users. Uh, but that sort of goes into you know, game design in terms of how the UI is gonna work. And then you also need an artist actually, or a graphic designer to actually make it look good. Uh, this is a big part of 2D design. Obviously it's in 2D games, it's also, uh, but usually UI is flat because you're dealing with buttons and menus and HUD overlays. Uh, so that, that's sort of a weird intersection between all three of, the, uh, all three of these facets where it sort of has to be usable. It has to make sense in the game design world and it has to look good. Let's jump into three D. Three uh, D is the more complicated side of the art. Uh, painting a picture doesn't take me a very long time, but making a three D model takes much longer time, especially if uh, it's highly detailed or you know has a, needs a lot of texturing, or you know I need to make it work in a very specific type of game. Uh, There's a reason a lot of indies avoid three D. Is because I mean, especially uh, it's getting easier all the time, especially with tools like Unity uh, and Blender, but a lot of indies do stick to 2D because 3D just gives you a lot of hassles that you don't have to deal with in 2D. And usually you need more artists to work with 3D uh, because to make a game in 3D, uh, it takes a long time. You have to model environments. You have to model characters. You have to model objects. Whereas you know, in a 2D game, I'd be like, all right, a box is just four lines and just color it in. Uh, you know, box in 3D, alright, I, f- I made the cube, that's easy, whatever, and I got to texture it, and I got to occlusion map it, normal map it. Um, it takes a lot more time, and it, I mean, it, it usually ends up looking really nice, but uh, usually you need more artists. So the, sort of the roles in 3D is modeling. Uh, this was one of my early attempts at modeling. Uh, <laughs> so sort of the modelers, they sculpt 3D characters and environments. They sculpt what, what's going to be put into the world. Uh, modeling and texturing makes up the bulk of sort of 3D work. It uh, it takes a long time to get right, and then sort of having to make it work within your game is another big facet of that. Uh, because you know, you, you, you ZBrush is a really fancy tool that a lot of three D artists use, and they will sculpt the crap out of it and be like, "Oh man, you can see every I, I sculpted every skin pore on this guy's face, and every like vein is actually underneath his skin and the fat and the muscle and the bone." Uh, yeah, good luck getting that to run in any game. Uh, right now, obviously, things are getting more powerful. Again, as an indie guy, if you tried to scu- sculpt every uh, pore into a guy's skin, you're going to end up spending a month working on that, where you should just be spending a month just pumping out art. Uh, so, those get broken down further into uh, character art, which is um, at bigger studios, you do have a specific character artist. They only work on the characters because the characters are a very important part of the game, obviously, and usually they have to be more detailed than a lot of the other parts of the game especially if it's the player character, you're always staring at them if they're a third-person game, uh, or if they're NPCs you deal with regularly in the world, you know, they're always there, that you're always looking at them. They have to be visually nice to look at, and, you, and the modelers have to spend a lot of time making that work right and look right. They also have to deal with a lot of like uncanny valley stuff, which uh, if none of you know what the uncanny valley is, if you try to make it realistic and it doesn't quite look realistic, uh, like this guy, uh, people look weird, and people are weirded out by that, and it's a a big problem character artists have to deal with. Environment artists, um, they're the ones who make the world. They make the buildings, they make the trees, they make the mountains. They're the ones who fill up the uh, the world. Uh, Sometimes concept artists are actually broken up between character artists and environment artists, too, depending on how big the studio is. Again, as an indie, you're always making the environment art, the character art, concept art, UI, everything. Uh, so, but usually when you hand in a portfolio to a big studio as an artist, they always ask first, are you a character artist or are you an environment artist? Unless you're going for like a UI design. Uh, but if, if you, if an, uh, as an artist, if you go up and say, uh, I don't know, I'm, I I'm kind of both, which is what I do, I'm kind of both, they, they just turn you away. They, they don't have time for you. Uh, unless you're just unbelievably amazing at, at both. So, the big facet I skipped out on both of those things is animation, which pertains to 2D and 3D. Animation is very, very difficult to get right in 2D. And in 3D. But 3D is way easier. There's a reason Disney closed down all their 2D animation studios, because it's a waste of time now. Uh, It looks good, but it's very expensive, very time consuming. Uh, A good reference point is, uh, has anyone played Skullgirls, which was like a 2D indie fighting game? they wanted to add a single character to their game, and they started a Kickstarter and they asked for 250 grand just to add one character, uh, because of the th- how exact the animations had to be and the quality of the 2D animations. Hand drawing animations is uh, very time consuming uh, for sprites and so- oh, sp- sorry for uh, you know sort of a- a- you know, hand animating 2D guys. Uh, so that was sort of solved by tweening. Tweening is, as you probably all know, is like I have my arm and I draw it and I can do this with it. Um, th- and that makes animation more fluid and you can sort of blend in animations with um, you know, other animations much easier. And especially with like, uh, I've been using uh, what's it called? Spine, that's it, uh, Spine in Unity uh, to help blend a lot of my tweening animations. Uh, 3D only usually only works with tweening animations and sort of you have the animation rig and you move the body parts around and sort of algorithmically draws in the in-between frames Whereas in hand-drawn 2D animation old-school 2D animation uh, Characters, you know if you want to move the character like this you have to draw all of those frames usually uh, So that's why a lot of indies they turn to pixel art because an arm doing this is like two blocks moving, which it takes way less time, uh, it's way easier, and it's a style that a lot of people like. So, a lot of people, um, so it's sort of easy to sell it. If there was no such thing as pixel art and you tried to make a pixel art game now, uh, people would be like, "This is kind of lazy if the whole world was Disney quality animation. All right, great. So you're thinking about what kind of artists you need, uh, what roles you need to feel, fill for your game. But wait, the most important thing is how much money do you have? Like you know, in your in your wallet, because artists cost money. Obviously, um, you know they have to eat. As much as the starving artist stereotype is perpetuated, uh, obviously, if you're a big studio, you can just throw down the fat stacks of cash and say, "I want four concept artists, an army of VFX artists, uh, 3D art modelers. I need 2D, um, t- you know, texture guys and UI designers. You name it." Um, and they can sort of just bring in everyone and get the best of the best because they have millions of dollars to work with. As an indie, you don't have anything to work with, uh, usually, unless you've kickstarted magically now and made a ton of money or you have some sort of outside funding, you sort of have to coax an artist into your grasp and either promise them with some money you have or revenue share um, but you're usually gonna only end up with maybe one, two artists, depending on the size of your team. Uh, it, it's, it's tough. Uh, amazing artists cost a lot of money. Uh, if you're trying to go for the best of the best, the famous guy you saw on the internet one time, uh, they're, gonna, they're gonna charge for being the famous guy on the internet you saw one time. Middle of the road artists are harder to find because, how do I put this? They if either they're too old to have kept going with art and they've given up because they couldn't be an amazing artist and they're not making enough money as an artist making a living um, and they've sort of given up, or you can nab them right out of school at some point or in school. Uh, but there are a lot of crappy artists out there. If you want to find any artists, there's a ton of them. Uh, I will go into how to find those guys too. First. Back to my, you know, one of my early slides there. Artists are important. I know as a designer programmer, you think you can do it all. Um, but don't skimp on artists. If you, if you have an amazing game idea, you want to make that product the best you can. Uh, and having a really good artist is a big part of that. You might think, Yo, I'm just going to sell my game on mechanics. It's going to be great. I'm just gonna, it's the best mechanics you've ever seen. Uh, but, but why stop there? Why not have amazing art to go with your mechanics? Uh, if you can hire multiple artists, please do. Uh, because it's, it's, it'll take a load off of them, because, you know, especially at a big studio, even indie studios, making art is a huge chunk of time. Um, as graphics get more and more intense and more and more realistic, art uh, become, you know, is, is the thing that takes up the most amount of time during development. And it's the money sink now. You know, okay, let's say we're working on the new Call of Duty, just came out. Uh, You know, all right. this is a first person shooter. We can do some level design, there's some added uh, features, but like, all right, we need robots and destructible buildings and soldiers and, you know, everything has to look as top quality as possible or else no, everyone will decry the game as looking like crap um, because of one other game that did go that extra mile. And as an indie, you know, you you maybe, you you, you do want to try and compete with that in that like, let's say, alright, you have your illustrator. He you can do the concept art, he can do the 2D assets um, in a lot of ways, but you know, maybe he's not the best at animation. I'm not the best at animation. So we'll get an animator as well, who can, doesn't have to come up with the cool designs, uh, maybe he can help, or she can help. Uh, but you have this artist, you can be like, look, these are, these are the monsters I need animated. Can you do the animation while I move on to the next thing? And, that, and especially, especially if you work in 3D, having multiple artists is almost a must because otherwise you're never really going to get anything done unless you can sort of design around having one artist, which becomes a huge limiting factor. But again, with everything, especially in game development, uh, you get sort of a law of diminishing returns. The more artists you have on your, or the bigger your team is. Uh, you know, going back to sort of you know, Destiny with its ridiculously high budget, well, it was like 300 million or something, 500 million. Um, you know how much more game did they get? How much more entertainment value did they get with their like studios of artists? They didn't just have one studio art w- uh, of artists working on that game; they had multiple. Uh, so, like, if you're an indie studio and you're like, "Right, we have two programmers and like eight artists," you know, there are eight artists that work as diluted between them. You have to try and make sure that each one of them is working in the exact same style. You have to understand, you know, you have to sort of understand that it is difficult to switch your art style. It's, it's, if you've been drawing one way your whole life, um, and then so, and then you have to, you're hired to a team, maybe wrongly, to uh, work on this game that looks nothing like anything you've ever done, and you can't, you know, work within those limits, uh, within that style, uh, you're going to make work that looks different from the other artists, and it will stand out, and it look weird. Yes, really, artists are important. i got to really stress this point, because I like work. Um, Artists not only make the game look good, but they inspire the rest of the team. If you're just sitting staring at blocks hitting, you know, pongs hitting a block back and forth all day, you 're going to get tired of it if you 're working on it for a year, if you have constant art coming in like concept art animations, illustrations, and you see it you know on the, when, a, when a website or a writes about your game or a youtuber does a stream about, a stream about your game it's exciting to see like look how good my game is and I need to make this better to like, match to the awesome art that I have in the game. I need, and it, it helps motivate everyone to um, be excited about the project they're working on. To know that, look, when this comes out, it's going to look great and it's going to be compared to the best of them. Because that's awesome and everyone should be inspired. And art is such a quick way of inspiring people that it's almost worth the money to pay the artist just to keep your wheels turning. Uh, Because if you're just, again, if you're just watching blocks bounce back and forth, yeah, great, okay. If you get excited about that, that's great. But if you've got five other people on your team, and they're all just working on blocks bouncing back and forth, they're going to go and work on something else that's more interesting. So, where do you find these so-called artists? Um, Usually in sewers, like the Ninja Turtles. Um, but artists, in general, are usually introverted people. Uh, it's sort of like a upbringing of, I'm just gonna sit in the corner and doodle all the time. You know, a lot of programmers have the same thing. I'm gonna sit on my computer and code. Uh, they don't, a lot of them don't go out of their way to make attention to themselves. Uh, I, I first learned this when I was sort of going to meetups around Boston uh, for game development and how few artists I was meeting it, it, it was kind of disheartening in a lot of ways. I was, and the few artists I was meeting, a lot of them were like, eh, "Okay, you're, yeah, get out of here. You're done." Um, it, it, because artists, sort of, you know, even some of the best artists I know, they sit in their rooms, they make their art. Maybe they get a blog post on the internet that does really well, but a lot of them are just sort of like, oh, "I'll just, I'll work on this drawing. It's okay. Yeah, and it's crap. Work on the next one." Uh, so you do have to look for the right artist, uh, which is sometimes more difficult than you think it would be. You think, oh, oh artists are always looking for work. They're all starving. Um, they need work. They need work to live. Well, uh, yeah, sure, a lot of them, but um, they're not going to be coming looking for you specifically. So uh, here's some you know, ideas of how to track down this elusive species. Uh, networking. Uh, meetups, like I mentioned, a lot of game dev meetups. There are, they do exist. There are there. There's um, there's some comic book meetups in Boston with a lot of artists. Uh, you know, it's all about. Maybe you'll meet someone who knows someone. That's how most of my work comes in. Is someone uh, who knows me from someone or from a project I worked on through networking. They get in contact with me and I get work. Um, I actually use this in a slide for one of my classes. This is uh this is Pax. So Pax is actually another great place surprisingly to meet other artists cuz uh, a, a lot of people are walking around booths looking for work surprisingly at Pax which is kind of weird. But they and sort of they'll hand you business cards and you know you'd be like, "Oh, I'll check out your portfolio later, maybe they're pretty good." And then maybe there's uh something to that. Obviously bigger uh conferences like GDC, uh IndieCade, uh in, like Unite or something. There's a lot of artists there that hang out, and they're, and they're a great place to meet, socialize, see if you can find someone you sort of can relate to and hang out with, and maybe they have some really cool work they can make for you. Uh, I just thought it was funny because I randomly found this picture of Paxis on the Internet. Uh, Zyba and I, at our first booth, were actually in it. I circled our booth. I was very excited about that. Uh, internet, you know, that's a scary place. Uh, there are a lot of artists on the Internet, obviously. Uh, there are some big sites that are great to find artists and sort of, you know, remotely uh, discuss with them. Uh, CG Hub used to be a big one, but that one, for some reason the guy just shut it down, I don't know why. But uh, DeviantArt, you have to shift through a pile of shit to find good art and DeviantArt, but it exists. Uh, Tumblr is actually really good. A lot of artists I know, especially good artists, post their art on Tumblr, and usually with tags like game art, or concept art, or indie art, and you, again, you have to sift through a lot of crap to find the good stuff, but um, I know a lot of people who find work through Tumblr. Uh, conceptart.org has some of the bigger um, art n- well-known artists, but there's also a lot of smaller artists. There's like a jobs board that you can post on there. Uh, this was yeah, this was conceptart.org, you know, a lot of the big studios post there looking for jobs. That this, is, this is more for... Um, you know, uh, 2D painters and concept artists and 2D guys more. This Polycount for 3D artists, which is another great website and resource. Um, but if you want to scrape the bottom of the barrel, uh, schools. Schools are a great way to get free artists. Um, I like the cold claw grabber because that's basically what you're getting. Uh, there, I mean, I'm not saying there aren't amazing artists at school. Of course there are, but most of them, are, obviously, they're inexperienced. Uh, most of them will work for cheap to nothing because they're just excited about the fact to work on a game. Uh, so if you just desperately need an artist and you don't, you're just like, i got this prototype, I want to pitch it somewhere else, uh, but I just need some art in it. Uh, schools are a great place. There's lots of schools in the Boston area, a lot of art schools around here um, with lots of people you know, looking for work, obviously, but again, scraping the bottom of the barrel. Uh, there's a lot of shows that aren't about games where are great to pick up artists. In Boston, uh, in Boston, we have the Massachusetts Independence Comics Expo, where a bunch of artists sit around tables and they sell their comics. Uh, this is a great place to meet artists who maybe aren't into games, but maybe you find someone who's like, wow, your style is really unique. Your style is really cool. Come work for me. Like, come be a part of my team, and we can make something really interesting together. Uh, Uh, There's a lot of artist tables, there's a lot of, like, just sort of, uh, you know, I I, I used to do these a lot, I don't really do them so much anymore, but sort of just selling your prints on tables, there's sort of lots of festivals all the time. I know this isn't really stereotypical where to find a game artist, but um, they are great places to find artists who maybe never thought about making games. And maybe they have a really cool style that will fit games perfectly, but they've just never even thought about it. Because again, in this this very competitive environment that we are in uh, game development, it's, you want to make your game stand out. You be unique. You don't want it to look like, again, Call of Duty number five. Like, it's why are you bothering at that point? What, just why don't you find someone who has like no one can draw like this person? It might not be the most realistic, but and it might not be, you know, you know, the the, st- the, the you know the theme of the time. Like low poly is a big thing now, but like. You know, this guy will stand out. This guy will make my game look so unique and so interesting to people who may not have even been interested in my mechanics in the first place. Um, and it jives with my theme. That you know, I want I want this person to work for me uh, to make my game the best it can be because that's really what it's about. It's all about finding that special someone. Uh, you're gonna have a working relationship together. You're gonna have uh, some rough times. You're gonna have some good times together. So you really want to find someone, especially as an artist, who you guys can work together very well. You understand a common goal. You're gonna be both, or you know, if you have multiple artists, you're gonna be all your harshest critics, including themselves. You're going to, you know, because you, if no, if no one in your group is telling you what you're doing is bad, then everyone else will, and they will do it much harsher and much meaner uh, than anybody in your group. Because if you're like, "Hey man, look, you know this is a good drawing, but you know why don't you try doing this to make it better?" Um, is much better than a comment on like Kotaku saying, "This fucking sucks. Don't buy this fucking piece of shit," because <sighs> that's yeah. Uh, you want to again, you want to find someone who's good as an artist. You want to find someone who's competent. Uh, who turns things in on time, which is a big thing. I, I've recommended too many artists to uh, developer friends who did not turn things in on time, and that look, made me look bad in a lot of ways uh, because I, rec- I thought, these I'm like, these guys are great. They work hard, uh, but they weren't hitting their deadlines. They weren't getting stuff in, uh, so they obviously lost that, those contracts. Because you guys are really going to be like partners in crime, especially if you're in a small two-man group. So these are some of my... Uh, Working relationships, I'll talk about. Girls Like Robots, I developed with Ziba, who's up there. You can all look at him if you want. Um, he sort of, he took a chance on me. I was sort of out of college and uh, I've you know, done my three-month period of mourning looking for a job and he found me and said, okay, you're okay enough. I'll let you work on my game. And so, we, you know, we really hit it off and we worked really well together and we this game went places we didn't think it was going to go, which was great. Uh, we still, it's still doing things that I didn't think it could do as a game. Uh, and so we've continued to work together from this. Uh, this, was, this was The Counting Kingdom with Little Worlds Interactive, Jenna Hofstein. Uh, this was a more uh, standard contractual like um, devel- artist hiring game development cycle. Jenna came to me and was like, I need these five things. Done. I need these 10 things, done. I need these five things, done. All done with scopes of works and uh, you know, work for hire contracts. And then she's the most efficient game designer I've ever met in my life. It was just boom, 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 boom. We're aiming for this release, done, released. Um, it, w- it was kind of amazing. And I, I don't think any other game I've ever seen in my life went developed that smoothly. Uh, and she didn't do any coding, which was also the crazy thing as the lead designer and coder. <laughs> uh, she will use Playmaker. Which was kind of fascinating to me uh, elegy for a dead world was an, uh, was a weird gig in that I worked with Zyba again from pop cannibal, uh, but this was a game jam game that turned into a full game when it started getting some attention uh, we sort of it started out as sort of like a rev share agreement between two between a few different studios in the office and it's it's being uh, less of these are my bosses working on the game, but I've sort of been like a partner in crime. I'm on the same level as all the designers, which is kind of interesting for once. All right, enough of that. Great, you found an artist. Now what do you do with them? You have them? All right, you're just going to poke them a little bit? Hey, make some art. Well, no, first you have to hire them. And there's one way I like to think the artist should be hired is with an art test. Before you sign them up for a huge, massive contract, you should say, "Look, you know what, your portfolio looks great. I really like you as a person. I think we're going to work really well together." But how about you like, take this design that I did, and want to see it the, I want to see the final product, and I want to see how long it takes you. I want to understand your workflow and your process because they might have the most amazing portfolio in the world but if it takes them three months to draw a single picture then it's not worth your time. Uh, and if maybe they just lied, that's always, a, that's always a thing. They might just be like, I just found this picture. I kind of like, I, I found a photo and I drew over it, um, which you know, a lot of concept artists do to get things done quickly but it, it, you know, they maybe can't do what you think they can do and this is a good way to figure out exactly what they can do. So you do pay them for this. You pay them for their time, whether you hire them or not. How many art tests I've gotten which were like, oh no, no, I'm not gonna pay you for the art test uh, because you know, it's just an art test, I wanna see if I wanna hire you. No, no, no. They took time out of their schedule, it doesn't matter if they're busy or not, to make this art test, to show they are capable of doing the work. You pay them for the time they spent on it, whether you, they continue to work for you or not. If they don't, you say, Thank you for your time. I don't think you're exactly what we're looking for. Get lost. Um, but you do pay them for their time. Uh, contracting. Most indies are going to be on work-for-hire basis for, hire for uh, independent con- uh, for uh, for the artists. They're going to be. You know what I mean by work-for-hire. For those of you don't know, uh, any work they make, they don't own anymore. Uh, When I draw a picture on my own, it is my copyright, I can do whatever I want with it, I can hire a 70-foot billboard and put put it up, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. But if if I'm under a work-for-hire contract, and I'm working for a game designer or a game company, and and I make art for that game, I no longer can put it up on a 70-foot billboard without any permissions. The, uh, The company, or the designer, or the person I'm working for now owns that art, and that is what most... Uh, artists and, you know, programmer and other people work as for game companies. Um, in art school, I was always told work for higher contracts aren't fair because then I can't sell my art again, and that is a... I mean, that, that's good as an artist, meaning like, good, I can sell my same painting again and again and again and again for lots of money and make more money off of this one painting, but it's not the norm in-game industry. It's the norm in other, it's some in, in other illustration fields. You can do that. Some magazine publishing, they're, since they're all dying, they're much more lenient on that thing, on that, sort of that. But most game companies is you no longer own the art. So you're going to sort of have to make a work for hire contract, usually with a scope of work attached to it of what exactly is needed from the artist. Another interesting point for independent contractors when you're hiring for work for hire work is uh, software licensing. Um, it's usually up to the artists to have their own software. Uh, and if they're hired full time, if you somehow magically, magically are able to do that, uh, usually you have to supply the software, especially if they're working at an office. Great. So you've hired them. You've got them down. They're sitting there. They've got their tablet out. They've got their pen. Now, what do you do? Uh, well. Um, you got to art direct them. You, go, you have to play art director, even if you can't draw. As the person who hired this artist, you have to critique them and understand how they work and to give them feedback constantly, uh, even if it's just encouragement. Uh, you, you sort of have to make them make the art that you want them to make for you. They're not making their art for themselves. They're making art for you. Uh, they're not fine artists. Fine artists just sort of you know waft in the air and, discover what they want. But as an illustrator or a 3D artist, uh, you're, 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 you know, you're like a plumber. I need to do the this pipe. I need you to draw this picture specifically. Uh, it's, 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 it's a great um, variation of uh, do what I say, not what I do, especially with a programmer or a designer who can't draw. But here's some helpful things to yell at artists. Uh, aesthetic. Aesthet- and, you know, just instead of saying, do it better this time. Just not as crap. Aesthetic, the general feel of the art. This one is a little—it's um, a little hard to critique aesthetic, but if you have a di- general sense of what the theme of the game you're going for, definitely be like, "All right, this is a zombie shooter. Okay, you put Hello Kitty in here. This isn't really the aesthetic I'm looking for in the game." And that sort of ties into style. They're sort—they're of, very cl- uh, close together, but style is very easy to point to and be like, "We're looking for this style of game." Um, And that sort of helps guide the artist to be like, okay, that's what they're thinking, it's a bad idea, but I'll sort of work with it and see what I can come up with. Uh, Contrast is probably the most important term um, in art in general and specifically for game development art. Contrast is how different things look like in contrast in real life, like when two things contrast against each other, you're telling the difference between them or the similarities. Um, in games, you want like the character to stand out from the background. You need items to be obvious. You need, cer- you need cer- uh, certain things to stand out more than others, maybe things to disappear more than others, maybe things to be more similar and be more hidden. Like if you're making like a Metal Gear Solid game, it's like, oh, I need the character to blend into the environment. Contrast is a very helpful word when you're having trouble defining what's wrong with this image, why isn't it working in the game. Oh, Okay, it's because these animations blend in too much with the character animations. I can't tell what's going on. Or this image, there's not enough depth in it. This image, I need more depth. Contrast is a big word. Uh, it's a really great word that helps with that. Saturation uh, is another handy one, but that just sort of means like how colorful uh, something is. The more saturated something is, the more sort of vibrant and colorful it is, the less saturated it is, the more gray into whites and blacks it is. Uh, that really helps with sort of saying, you know. Uh, all right, this is this is sort of the objects and the theme I'm going for. But why don't you make it more colorful, maybe more more saturated, so it, the world feels more fantastical and interesting? Or it's like I want this to be dark and grim. Let's lower the saturation quite a bit to really under, to really make it feel like oh, it's a gray day and it's dark and dreary. Uh, composition, just the layout of art and the layout of levels or the layout of you know what the player is seeing and what the player is dealing with is just sort of the arrangement of items. Just another handy word to know. Um, But of course, encouragement. Encouragement is always needed. In any part of game development, it's always great to hear you're doing a good job. Give yourself a high five. Or me a high five, whatever. Um, It's really helpful to encourage your artists to keep making so it makes them make the best work they can. If you're just yelling at them all the time and they're not doing a good job, or you don't think they're doing a good job, maybe they aren't. Uh, but they're not going to get better if you're just always dissing what they've got, uh, and it's not fun. Let's sort of like go into... You, so you've got the artists, you're going to art direct them, now what are the phases? Pre-production, pre-production is the happiest part of game development. You're coming up with all the ideas, your scope is increasing through the roof. You're like, oh no, we're gonna have open world this, you're gonna have, the the world's dynamic, the characters die, their families grow up, it's gonna be great, the art is gonna be like realistic, we're gonna, it's gonna go into space, we gotta have all these textures, and the concept art is amazing. Um, But you know, as an artist, you're working on, usually, the concept art for the game, you're helping with ideas sometimes, maybe, your designer is, you know, he's, he, he, he's so happy to have you. He, helps, he lets you help out with ideas for the game. Uh, pitches, another good thing, if you're making concept art. Uh, you can. If you're pitching a game to get funding, like Kickstarter, or maybe to one of the biggest studios, like Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, or others, if, you, if you're trying to get money up front, uh, art really helps a pitch, because you have nothing to show. On Kickstarter, you're selling hopes and dreams. You're not selling a game uh, because people are imagining in their heads what the actual game is going to be, and it's way better than what you're, gonna put, uh, what you're actually going to make because they have no idea what they're think, th- thinking about. Uh, pitches uh, with art work better than pitches with nothing. If you just have text and just be like, here's some scribbles of how my game's going to work, they're going to be like, I'm not excited. But if you have, like, here's a painting, and then they're like, wow, that's amazing. How's the game going to work? Don't worry about that. Just look at the painting. Uh, web stuff, so making your website, obviously, it's early pre-production, like you want to sort of, you know, start, maybe you want to make a blog or something about your game, it's a great place to start sort of posting about the uh, you know, art as it comes in from concept art and um, pitches, logo. logos are another big thing, if you're, especially if you're doing a pitch, uh, logos really help with, you know, identifying your game, uh, not only to yourselves, but if you ever want to talk about it really early on, it's a really good way of getting your icon out there. And early prototype work, so if you've made a prototype and you're like, look, let's just slap some art in there to see what this game's actually going to visually feel like, this is all part of pre-production. Production, the bulk of the work. Uh, so this is all the asset creation. This is, maybe you're doing concept art here, too. Maybe you've, got, you've said, all right, that style isn't working. Let's go back a little bit, but we'll keep working, moving forward with you know, making models and texturing. Uh, it's all about iterations, too in production is sort of, you know, oh, okay, this level doesn't quite look right. Let's change it a little bit. Let's make it look like this. This is the longest part of game design, usually, unless your pre-production was, I've thought of this a game from five years ago. Uh, this is, you know, just making the stuff that will actually go in the game and making it uh, fit together. Near end of production. Uh, this is when you start panicking and realize your open-world space game with dynamic NPCs and families that live and die and have children uh, isn't exactly panning out. You start cutting things just to get things done. Uh, The artist is usually hopefully done by now (laughs) towards the end, but they have to start doing the promotional push. They have to start making the illustrations and the art and the graphic designs and the steam banners and making sure everything looks as best as it can so when this game fires out to the world a lot of people get it. Uh, as, As indies I have to make trailers, too. Uh, usually you have a trailer dude for that at a big studio. But as indies, you have to make <laughs> usually the artist has to make the trailers. So that takes up more time, you would think. On the Counting Kingdom, uh, Jenna came to me and said, I need a trailer in two weeks. And that was harrowing, uh, because I fully animated it for some reason. Uh, but you know, a lot of the art is also like putting together store assets, like trailers and banners and promotional stuff. So sort of, in conclusion, indie artists, they fill many roles, they do lots of things. At a big studio, you sort of have these very specific jobs that everyone is assigned. They go in the morning and they know I'm going to be the guy who animates Shattering Glass all day and they do it for three years and The Avengers comes out. But um, at, a, at a smaller studio, you know, alright, I'm doing the concept art at the same time, sort of learning how to model it, at the same time I'm... Figuring out how the game's gonna, you know, the items in the game are gonna work. At the same time, making the logo and maybe some early illustration, promotional art, and you sort of have to like balance a lot of these things. So this this is me in my Zen drawing state. I feel like I I, I don't usually get to that. I usually get really angry, and I don't get this calm (laughs) when it comes to that. But yeah, indie artists—they have so much stuff to do. They have so much stuff to offer. Uh, Hire artists. Don't make your game without an artist. That's boring. If you think you can do it yourself, that's great. But artists, they add a lot. They inspire you. They usually work hard if you find the right one. And you can form long-term meaningful partnerships with them. And it's great. So I think ah, Thank you. That's my email address and my website, if anybody cares. 44 minutes. It's close. Excellent. All right. so you got time for questions? Sure. Nothing? Really? Is that? So actually, quick one. There you go. Okay. <laughs> uh,
1: do you ever work on multiple projects?
0: At, uh, I usually work on multiple projects at the same time. Um, I guess that was a good point I need to bring up. Uh, that was a good question. Uh, as an indie artist, I'm not getting paid a lot of money. In the story. Uh, it doesn't happen. So, usually, I have to work on more than one project at the same time just to sort of get hit, let ends meet. Um, because, yeah, it, usually the work isn't full time because either the company can't afford to have it full time or the amount of work they need isn't full time. And sort of, you, you have to juggle a lot as an artist. So like I'm working on a couple projects, doing contract work, sort of freelance illustration on the side. I'm also teaching a class and you sort of have to like juggle all these things at once to really to to survive, basically. Because as sad as it sounds, indie games don't make a lot of money usually, unless you're a goat simulator. <laughs> yes, go. Uh, I think quite where you said um, 2D animation is harder than 3D animation. So 2D an- so have you ever seen, like, an old Disney movie? Oh, OK, so every, so they usually had armies of what they called in-between, in-betweeners, in that you know, th- there would be a keyframe artist. He would draw Snow White dancing like this. And then there would be the poor bastards who had to draw every single frame of her going like this, all like 30 or 40 frames. So in a game, if you want hand-drawn, like, art to animations that look really interesting and nice, um, you have to get someone who will bother. Like Street Fighter III is a great example, or like King of Fighters. Those games take forever to animate because they are done in that Disney style in terms of like just frame by frame by frame by frame by frame. But the other thing is they have to worry about is to make sure that the hit points are in the right place, that the collision boxes are in the right place. Uh, it takes a lot of time to do that. That's why when I mentioned tweening as a quick way of, Trying to mimic that, it doesn't look as good usually. And in a lot of games that use a lot of tweening, uh, like Limbo, for example, they hide it with silhouettes because you get these weird seams, and you know it doesn't look as good. There are obviously tools that help with this, like Flash animation, um, is like you can sort of do an in-between of tweening and hand animation, uh, but sort of frame-by-frame frame sprite animation takes a long time. And 3D. I mean, it's easier because it's all tweening, usually, unless you have like, some character that transforms all the time. Uh, it's, it's, it's the same way in 2D in that like a 3D arm that is rigged like this is always going to look like this because you can just sort of manipulate it in 3D space. Doing, doing this in 3D is really easy. Doing this in 2D takes forever, if you know what I mean. Does that answer your question? Is there something you need me to, to follow up on? Yeah. Um,
1: Unity has a very cool way to go around this. Like, they, yeah, 2D is actually 3D that is like snapshot into 2D, so they don't have to worry about
0: it. Yeah, that's one way to do it. That's a one way to solve it. Um, because But then you have to make all your models in 3D first and then animate in 3D, which you ha- the modeling process takes time as well. So it's sort of like, and then you have to think about all right, I have 2D artists, can I do this? Or I right, No, I need a 3D artist to do this. Uh it's just something to think about. But yeah, that's w- that's a way around it. That a lot of people use. Uh yes, go. Yeah. Uh, does it make sense for a
1: uh, software engineer to learn the basics of uh drawing so that they better understand
0: maybe the artist to give more reasonable tasks? Sorry, could you repeat the question? So does it make sense for uh software engineer yeah. to learn the basics of drawing so that they better understand artists and maybe give more reasonable tasks? Uh yes. I, uh Programmers, designers, software engineers should totally try to understand uh, the basics of art and colour theory and sort of the process of making art. So when it comes time to either advising the artist on what they need to change or what might not fit, uh, you have, an, you, have a good, you have some understanding of, all right, these colours go together, these colours don't go together. Uh, could you composition this a little better so you like, put these down here and that over there? Because uh, uh, you know, but again, a lot of art direction is sort of about contrast and composition, and color is a big one. I didn't really talk about color, uh, color theory too much, but like for instance, Jenna from Little Worlds Interactive. When I worked with her, she already had a pretty good graphic design sense, which really helped in when I gave her art in the sort of feedback she she could give me. And also when she utilized my art. So I didn't put, I didn't put anything into that game. I wasn't directly working in Unity on the Counting Kingdom. Uh, she, she knew how things look good together, just because she'd already had like a background in web design. So yes. <laughs> yes. Of course, there's always, there's always exceptions. There's always some magic man who can do it all, or magic woman. Um, an example of an artist who can do it all. A game designer who can do it all. I don't know. Can you name anyone? Door fortress yes i mean a lot, I'm, I'm, I'm not, a lot of game designers, especially they do it as a hobby they work on they make their own stuff they make their own art uh, it's just a good idea to spread the work out because as an indie and obviously in a lot of my um, developer friends, they have to focus so much of the time on marketing and programming and designing that to also add art to that like you've just extended your game development cycle by a lot you're not just you know, and maybe you're not as competent in that. And people are more apt at telling bad art than they are from telling bad game design. Because all you need to be able to see is just a picture of the game or a video from the game and go, that doesn't look very good. Um, even if they, the, the, the viewer doesn't understand why it doesn't look good, they can tell that immediately. Like, it, you know, I, I don't like that. So if, if the designer programmer is confident enough, uh, you have more power to them. But it, I'm, I'm, you're going to be putting a lot of work on yourself. And you're not going to get your game done in a timely fashion at all. And it probably won't be the best you can do it. Can I ask one more sure. question? Sure. Uh, do you ever, as an artist, think about uh, designing a video game? Or think about um, making your own sort a of video game, like being the designer? Uh, so I've, I work with a few developers now. And I'm always giving my design ideas. Uh, I always have ideas for games. I love, I love coming up with ideas for games. I don't think I'm, I would call myself apt enough to design all, my whole game by myself yet. Uh, so I'm definitely still focused on the art side of things. But yeah, I, I love designing games. It's fun. Yes? What have you had to do for an art test? So usually for an art test, it depends on the game. So I, once, I recently did an art test for some sort of uh, mobile MOBA game. And what they asked, they said, like, here are character descriptions. Uh, design these characters. And I said, all right, that'll take me this amount of time. Uh, they said, great, that's fine. This is my rate. So they sort of they quick contract out the door for that. And I designed the characters. I ended up getting the work. But uh, I don't think my style was really what they were looking for. But they, but yeah, it was that. I designed the characters. I did a quick turnaround. So, it was sort of like characters standing this way, this way, this way, this way, you know, from the back uh, of each character. Uh, I fully painted one of them and said, this is what I got. Uh, and that, that, I think that's a pretty good art test, especially if you're building a game focused on characters. If you're building a game focused on environments, be like, draw this mountain for me that I'm describing in this text. So, usually, an art test is here's a description. Uh, draw this, for especially for an illustrator or a concept artist. Uh, it's not so much, here's a quick doodle I did, make it better. It's usually, here's you know a paragraph of text, make this thing exist. I feel like that's a pretty solid art test. Yes? You talked about finding someone who has the style that you're looking for. Yes. Is that generally the case with artists, or are there artists who can are more flexible in style? So I like to think I'm more flexible. I def- um, I didn't used to work on a lot of cute games, but now I do. Uh, This is what happened. Uh, There are definitely artists who are more. So I'm going to go back to art school here a little bit. This is time travel. And I'm going to remind myself of what my illustrator professors told me, is to never do anything else other than your style. Get really good at that one thing. And don't bother with anything else, because you need to be the best at what you do. And I was like, eh, it's boring. most artists have their style they work in. A lot of video game artists, they go for the sort of hyper-realism, concept art, sort of you know, the art of movie books that you see from VFX houses. That's why a lot of them can work together in big groups because they all have a very similar kind of like, we're going for realism, robots, tanks, like, okay, we can all work together. Uh, the more unique your style is, I think the more time you have to spend working on that style. And the more reason, if this person's style is very unique, you're hiring for them for the style, not their art talents. That's Again, that's why a lot of big studios, they hire people who can do realism, because that's a little bit more mal- malleable in terms of what they can turn that into. But if you're hiring an artist for the very specific, unique style, uh, you're getting them for that one task. But again, it, it depends on the contract for me. If I All right, this is for a children's magazine. I'm not going to put the bad guy from Doom in there. Like, obviously, it doesn't make sense. Uh, So, think, you know, as an artist, you have to. I say yes to almost every job that comes my way because I don't know when the next one's going to come my way. That's just how it works. Uh, But that's how I work. All the people are different. All right, is that it? Thank you very much. It
1: was awesome. So um, take five minutes to, to get into your teams. Um, if you'd like to have them take a look at your work. Um, just have a computer set aside close to the edge so they can easily see it. And at 2.10, we'll walk around and see um, who wants some feedback on their games from, from Luigi. Cool. Yeah. Wait, do I have to go to